What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast, backed by 120 Power Star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 132 are open. Joining me this week is my good friend, Seamus Mullins. Hey. Seamus, how you going? Yeah, I'm good. Glad to be here. That's good. That's good. So, Seamus, you were on exactly uh, 100 episodes we found out just before. Yeah, really funny that just happened to, like, we did not actually try and line that up at all. It was just completely random. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's cool. 100 episodes ago. Like, when I was looking at it, I was thinking it was like, I don't know, 70 something, like a fair while ago, but holy mm. shit, I didn't realize it was over two years ago. Yeah. It's flown, it's flown by and yeah, a fair bit has happened then for myself, but also for you on the show and how, how many like events you've been to, how much the mm. podcast has changed and evolved since then. Like, yeah, it's been, I'm, I'm sure quite the ride for you. Yeah. yeah it's been fun doing it all these uh, two years plus. So Last time we were talking, Seamus, we'll talk. Uh, you just got one of your articles, written articles on IGN.com. It's a very exciting time for you. You're sort of trying to get into that space of the games industry, uh, doing the written content and you know stuff like that, more on the media side of things. But since you've moved in a fairly different direction in those two years, a lot has happened to you as well. So what we what we said before is like a oh, sort sort of catch us up on what you've been up to. You're like, oh well, how long do you want to go for? Do you, you got you got three hours? Like, no, shame, it's not three hours. Jesus Christ, mate. But I guess uh, what, what's the sort of a rough summary of what you've been up to and what you're doing now? Yeah, rough summary. Um, yeah, so like you said, two, almost two years ago, I had just gone my first article published on IGN. And before that, I'd done a lot of, I'd studied uh, journalism, uh, media, and I was, um, I had done some work in, uh, public relations in the video game and tech industry for uh, with several clients such as Blizzard and Devolver Digital and that was a really interesting experience but before that I'd already been writing for several different uh, video game outlets mm-hmm. and at the time we had last talked I was starting to, I was just doing it freelance at the time and just got my first article at IGN and ended up doing stuff some stuff at GameSpot and Rebel Games and yeah it was a it was an interesting time uh, doing freelance. I learned a lot. I have a lot of respect for people who do it full time. It's it's really hard to be chasing leads and to be pitching content constantly. Mm. Um, it's it's a lot of work. So I have a lot of respect for a lot of people in the industry and a lot of friends I have who I see putting out great content all, all the time and chasing leads. But yeah, not too long after we talked, I ended up getting a job as a community manager for a video game developer in New Zealand. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, pretty pretty different. Yeah, yeah. What did what did you think when I told you I got that job? I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and, thank you. Yeah, and it's a, <laughs> it was cool that you got sort of a got to you know go to another country to work there for a little bit too. Yeah, mm. it was it was a big shift and it was really exciting. I've never actually been to New Zealand um, before, so it was it was really cool right, to be yeah. able to go there for work, for work yeah. as well. But I guess for me, I've just always wanted to work. Uh, well, f- since finishing high school, I've just wanted to work in the games industry and it's been a bit of a journey figuring out exactly in what capacity and what I really want to do. Um, 
And so it started out originally studying uh, IT and game development or programming. And I, at the time it wasn't really for me. And then I got into journalism and did that for a bit. And I enjoyed that a lot, but it's a really hard part of the industry to get into full time. And it's not impossible, um, but I, I guess I just decided I wanted to uh, explore different areas. And, and, and I've ended up enjoying lots of different parts such as doing PR and uh, the, the prospect of working at a game studio was really interesting to me. So when the opportunity came up, um, I just decided to go for it. And so the studio in New Zealand was Aurora 44, or as they're more generally known now, is just A44. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and worked there just doing a six-month contract in Wellington, New Zealand. Beautiful city. Really, really lovely. It's compared to the Melbourne of New Zealand yeah. in a lot of ways, like the cultural hub for New Zealand, it's quite small city. It's like only like 250,000 or so population, but there's just so much going on there. So it was, it was a great place to, to be for six months. Um, and it was a really exciting, um, crazy time uh, because the first game from that studio was released uh, called Ashen. Yep. Um, and that was a <laughs> yep. Souls-like, uh, probably, yeah, the best way to put it is the action, third-person actions with slight RPG elements, very much Souls-like that came out um, originally just on PC and Xbox One. Uh, it was one of the first free games on the Epic Game Store, actually, Yep. Um, which was um, a, re- uh, uh, a wild ride. Um, and one of the biggest secrets I had to keep, I guess, in, in games leading leading up to it, because we we talked, we were demoing the game at PAX Australia 2018, and I was managing the booth for that, and I was I remember talking to you then about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, um, I, I remember like because you know I'm obviously the Nintendo Switch dude. I come up so so Seamus, is this on Switch? And I was just, as a joke, yeah. and you're like, oh, no, Drew, this isn't going to run on Switch. It's a very technical game, <laughs> has a lot going on. It's not going to happen. Yeah, then like the next year, she's coming to PS4 and Nintendo Switch. Switch yeah. <laughs> I can't remember exactly when it was, um, but it, it was even not too long after I got back from that trip or early the following year that it was, you know, the conversation started happening about bringing it to, to, to other platforms and they were surprised by how, how quickly they were able to get it up and running on other platforms, which is really cool. And mm. it's since released on PS4 and, and Nintendo Switch, so it's out on, uh, on everything. It's come to Steam as well after the year-long exclusivity mm. uh, deal has finished. So it's everywhere. And it seems like it's, it's done really well, which is which is great. It's a really cool game, really talented, passionate team that I really uh, enjoyed working with and miss, and miss that team quite a bit. But it was, it was just a six-month contract in the end. So I came back after that. I did a bit of work for a Japanese uh, video game and anime company that primarily is a translation company. So they would translate various anime and mm. manga, and they also got into video games. They translated Sekiro, Shadows Died Twice, uh, just before I started doing some work with them. And I worked uh, primarily doing marketing and community management for bringing Japanese games to the West and did that for a few months, which was uh, a really interesting experience as well. Um, learned a lot from that. Got to you know, doing presentations for Japanese companies. Yeah, it was, some, it was something different. And, but then not too long after that, I joined a company called Debolical, uh, that has run, uh, the websites ModDB and IndieDB for quite a long time now. Mm-hmm. They're some of the, or have been some of the largest, uh, video game developer communities online. So ModDB is a database for, uh, mod developers to share their mods and IndieDB is a, a website community for indie developers to share their games. Um, 
ModDB has been going for like 18, 19 years now, NDDB around a bit over a decade now, I think as well. Um, so I'm the editor in chief of those those websites. So I ended up sort of getting back into yeah <laughs> into into editorial. Finally, so it's a bit of both, enough. I guess. Really, like you know, it is editorial, but at the same time, you are very close to development side of things, whether it's through mods and I am. all that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's not a typical editorial role because we don't tend to produce that much content or coverage ourselves. It's all user generated content, so we more so moderate it and curate it and sort of feature the best content on both websites. But I do do a bit of news related to indie industry news and modding news as well from time to time. Um, do, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of featuring uh, just the cool stuff that's on, on the sites with a bit of editorial. But we also have um, a video game publishing label as part of our business as well. So we also publish video games, which brought together a lot of my skills and experiences that I've gained over uh, the last three or four years that I've been in the, in the industry. So community management, public relations, marketing, um, but also, but bring me into, into new parts of industry and skill sets as well. So production, which is something I've think I would have liked for a while. And since doing it, I have been enjoying it quite a bit. So that's working with developers who, whose games we're publishing and helping them figure out timelines for their games and, and just helping ensure that development is as easy and enjoyable, I guess, is yeah, the yeah. way to put it, as, <laughs> as, as possible. Um, because it all leads into each other, you know. If you don't have a development timeline, it makes it hard to work out a marketing timeline of when you want to have major press beats and when you want to be running events, etc. And so we, yeah, so it's half my time is spent on the website, um, managing those, and then the other half of my time is running the video game publishing label. So it's a, it's a very small team for the websites and the publishing label. So it means we can be quite agile, but it also means that we can't do too much. So you're not going to see us publishing like several games at once. Yeah, um, yeah. It means we're going to be really focused on one or two titles at the time, which I think is... is it's good for your clients. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's good for our, the games, the developers we work with. And yeah, it just means we can give them the love they they need um, and we can really focus on, on them and do the best job we can, which I've, I've been enjoying a lot. I think publishing is an area I want to work in a lot in, in the years to come. So I've been learning a lot, a lot of new experiences. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. So yeah, I guess that's kind of where, <laughs> where I've been up to over the last, over the last couple of years since we, we talked, uh, you know, because we haven't talked, at yeah. all yeah, since no, that episode. I, I, I no. forgot what you looked like, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go back and look at the picture of my phone of yeah. us that day and went, oh, yes, of course. He's got, yeah, he's got dark hair. Yeah, he's and got oh, yes. blue eyes, you know. Yeah. 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 Like I hadn't heard about any of that, like before you said you started working there. And like it is, a, like it's, they're not the type of games I'm to, into. Like it's not like I'm not into the modding community at all. So I never heard about it. But just like hearing everything you say, I'm like, yeah, I should give it like a good look at it. You should, Drew. Yeah. 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 I've got my uh, little gaming laptop now. I can get amongst all those mods and exactly. check it out. Yeah, yeah. There's, mm. there's there's a lot of mods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, there was a couple of uh, last time you were here. You were telling me about like sort of the community uh, moderation aspect of it. Like, uh, what what were you saying? Like someone. Uh, like said someone stole something. So yeah, yeah. It, it happens a lot. And that's part of, as part of our, our role as the sort of creators and the managers of the websites is sort of managing the community itself. And often there's a lot of community disputes that come up. And, and the thing is with the modding community specifically is that 
there is sort of unwritten rules within the community about if you're going to use someone else's assets and your mod or their mods, because often people want to um, make changes to someone else's mod, make it better, make it different to suit how they want to play. And often you generally ask for permission or, or only do it if they've said generally it's fine for anyone to do it. And so there's yeah. sort of these unwritten rules about it. And often there can be a lot of disputes between members of the community, not getting the right permission, stealing other people's assets, all this, all this type of stuff. So that's, <laughs> that's one of the many facets of the job and, and managing community. And it's, and it's really rewarding um, working with your community, seeing all the amazing stuff they bring to the sites every single day. Some really talented people who are just doing it through, largely pure passion, uh, which is incredibly ins inspiring. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I feel very lucky to be part of those communities and, and to spotlight all the cool content they bring to the sites. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I, uh, I hope you keep doing it for many years to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I've been enjoying the role quite a bit. Um, but that's the thing with, with my career so far, you know, it has jumped around quite a bit so yeah. when people have asked me what what where do you see yourself in five years or what what do you hope what to what's what's your goal and there is definitely goals i have of places i would like to work possibly or things i'd like to achieve but it's just jumped around all over the place that i just i just don't know <laughs> um and the industry changes really rapidly all the time as as being a tech industry so it's 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 exciting um it's kind of scary at times as well um, not knowing what's necessarily next in, in a couple of years, but it's, yeah, I, I like that aspect of the mm. industry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good too, cause you can work at home. So what that quite often means is like, you can, you know, pack your laptop and you can come down, come down here and see me for a week. Yeah. yeah. And jump on the house of Mario, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah otherwise I would have been talking to myself. <laughs> Hello, Drew. Yeah. Let's go on, man. Well, the, the thing is, Drew, you have some... Expe exceptionally nice new equipment. Yes. That will you'll be able to use to actually do a lot of new things, but most importantly, call up people during the show, which I think is something you want to do later on on tonight's episode. Yeah. Well, thanks for the segue, Shams. <laughs> it's like, you're a, it's like you uh, ran your own radio uh, no, show for a little bit. Uh, maybe. <laughs> is it still on iTunes? Pixels Rising? Maybe. <laughs> if you... Uh, out there, if you want something else to listen to, uh, look at Pixels Rising. It was an old um, show Seamus did on uh, it Radio, Astra uh, radio, radio Adelaide. Radio Adelaide, yeah. yeah. Community radio station in, in Adelaide, in little old South Australia. Uh, That's and cool. Yeah. yeah, I did it yeah. uh, over, over a year. As you said, there's a show called Pixels Rising, a video game talk show um, with electronic and video game music and chiptune. We ch featured a lot of chiptune music as well. Yeah, it's, did the, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I'm, I missed that show. It finished a couple of years ago because I had to travel for work in, mm. in the end. Yeah, it's cool. It was like, it was sort of before a lot of people were doing their podcast live on Twitch. Um, mm. And like, I had really bad internet at the time. So I'm like, oh, I can't really do anything. But there was like at least a few times where I'm like, oh, it's a Wednesday. Uh, seven o'clock or wasn't seven o'clock? Wasn't that early? Was I, it? it was I pretty late. Oh, it, uh, it might be nine to eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like one time. Oh, like Seamus is live, so I went to the website, went on. It's just really cool, like hearing you live and um, like send you a message on Facebook, like oh, I'm listening to you, <laughs> <laughs> like do the whole because <laughs> there's no there was no comment section or anything, so it's just like no, no. 
just ring you live on air. Here you going? <laughs> yeah, that feels like so so long ago. But yeah, I I, I miss it a lot. I I love video games, but I, I love music as well. So to be able to incorporate both those things and just be able to play music you love and be able to highlight awesome video game soundtracks. And there is a bustling Chipshin community as well. And mm. Chipshin was a genre I hadn't really explored before starting the show. And I really dove into, and now I have several Chipshin artists I still follow from, from then. Um, so yeah, like give it a try. It might still be on iTunes. If, if not, just, just look up some Chipshin artists and, and have a listen to what's, what's some of the cool stuff that's out there. It's a great genre. Mm. Yeah, like I like um, featuring stuff on SoundCloud too from certain artists who do Nintendo know, remixes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, new gear. Uh, my Rodecaster Pro came in, so it's basically for those that they haven't aren't big audio nerds like I might be. Um, it's basically a, a, a box that's made for podcasting. It allows us to do sound effects, do call-ins, do like a lot of things. It really makes us a lot more flexible with doing this show. So, for example, Seamus, I'll hit the laugh track here. This is one of the included sounds. So laugh, and you can turn it up. Ha ha ha! Good, good joke, Seamus. And you can turn it down. You can turn that off. What else got? We got. We got. You know, if you do something really silly, you do something like that. Oh, a bit, bit of a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it allows us to sort of do the whole show live rather than just having to edit it afterwards. It makes us a lot more fun for us. Bound to like hear the intro, hear the skit, hear the segments. And all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to uh, doing that. Got some new microphones. So if you can, if you're like, oh, they sound a bit better. Maybe that's why. Don't know. Might sound worse. I hope it don't sound worse because otherwise I could have gotten cheaper microphones and we would have been all right. Just, uh, just tell me we sound better. That'll make me feel good. So, yeah. So, Seamus, you've been playing some video games on your Nintendo Switch system. Uh, fitness ones in particular. Yes, I have. Ring Fit Adventure. So yeah. here on the show, I haven't um, played it because, I, you know, I liked uh, Wii Fit and, yeah, I wasn't really – I'm sort of thinking about getting Ring Fit Adventure just because I think it would be good for me. And, yeah, if you met Bryce, you'd probably say, oh, no, he doesn't – he wouldn't want to play Ring Fit Adventure. So, yeah. So, Seamus, you're bringing the Ring, Ring Fit Adventure impressions to the House of Mario. So what do you think? Well, it's, it's really funny <laughs> thinking back – to the announcement trailer for it. And <laughs> when there's just families sitting in lounge rooms watching family members just do these exercises with these really odd-looking equipment and ring, mm. and it just made me laugh so, <laughs> so hard because I was like, what? what is this? I, I just... I love you, Nintendo, for doing these wacky things, but what... My God, what is, what is going on? Um, and so I was a little skeptical at first, as I have been about a lot of Nintendo products, including the Nintendo Switch mm. before it came out. But I will now very easily say it is the best console ever released. And, pe- and people don't, people disagree with that. And I was like, you're crazy. See, all right, just a bit of context. <laughs> this fucking shocked me <laughs> because growing up, you know, I've, Seamus and I have been going to school since primary school, We've high been friends school. for a while. We've been yeah. friends for a long time. And at school, Seamus was, you know, one of my best mates, but he was also the most hardcore PlayStation fan I've ever met <laughs> in my whole life. Surely that's changed. Surely you've met more hard, hardcore people since then. Surely. Uh, yes. But <laughs> it was either it was either the PlayStation or uh, just slit your throat. Nothing else. <laughs> Everything else was, 
you know, everything else was like, nah, w- wouldn't touch it. Wouldn't touch it. <laughs> we actually had a 64 when I was a kid. And I had a Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, uh, Game Boy uh, DS. Like, we actually had a fair bit, yeah. Mm. You did tell me that, but I'm like, <laughs> oh. But did you play them? Yeah, I played, yeah. Them, I played them quite a bit. But yeah, I think there was just a period, I think particularly in high school, yeah, yeah. where I was a big Sony fanboy. Um, and, you know, that Sony was doing a lot of cool stuff then. And, you oh, know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know. That's when just, I got into PlayStation as well. Yeah, into, yeah. into the Vita days, you know, the, the best days, some would, some would say, yeah. I, w- I would say that. Would anyone else? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but that's not important. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that's, that's the thing, though. When the Switch was coming out, I I thought it was a really cool idea, but uh, for some reason I just didn't think it would take off. And I guess it was it was a really short period from when they officially announced it to when it was coming out. And maybe I just didn't see enough of it. Maybe they just didn't show it off enough. Um, but once it came out, it really grabbed me. And I had the somewhat similar feeling with uh, Ring Ring Fit Adventure. Yeah, Ring Fit Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I saw of it after it came out. I only heard good things. I only saw good things and that it was actually a really great exercise tool. So if you're not aware of what it is, it is a Nintendo first party developed game um, and it's an RPG. So there's a story mode and everything, but you complete it by doing exercises. So by jogging on the spot, running through the world, um, doing various exercises um, to defeat enemies, there's boss battles. So it's it's a fitness game wrapped into like a li- very light action RPG, uh, very colorful, pretty world. That's just kind of nice to run through. And the more I heard of it, the, the more I wanted it, Drew. It sounded it sound mm. really cool. And I've I've played a lot of sports over the years. And, and I, I do really enjoy sports. But as you get older, obviously, it's harder to find the time to fit in everything that life throws at you, including, including keeping yourself fit. And I still love, you know, going out and playing soccer with friends and doing various things. Um, but it seemed like just a cool thing to be able to do at home very easily and yeah. without too much effort and just seemed fun. And so I've been playing to pick it up for a bit and I picked it up just last week. Uh, I've only done a couple sessions of it so far, but I'm really, I'm really digging it actually. And it's, it's even gone beyond my expectations. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find yourself like getting in a, into a routine with it when you get back to Adelaide? I I would like to at least try and do it like every two to three times a week to because like mm. I said there's other sports I do, yeah. Pardon me. Um and no I'd love to do it regularly. Uh it'd be I'm really interested to know how long the adventure mode is and how long that can keep me me going for. It sounds like it's reasonably long and you can always go back and replay worlds and you can just do specific stretches and activities outside of that. Um so there's a lot of you can mess around with it and there's a lot of, there's a lot of different options. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from what I've done from it so far, like at the start, you put in all your details, your weight, how old you are and how much you want to work out. And it'll give you sort of a challenge rating. And I want to have a bit of a challenge. I want to have a proper workout. And I've, <laughs> yeah. I've only done it for about 15 minutes so far because I'm going to be honest, I'm not in the best shape <laughs> right now. Um, I'm not awful, but I'm not in the best shape. And so just doing 15 minutes, I've been really sweating. It's been a really good workout. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, being able to customize it really easily is, is great, but it's also pretty much a personal trainer because it, 
shows you how to do all the different exercises. It shows you how to do warm-up stretches and cool-down stretches. It tells you if you're doing it too fast or if your form's going out of balance. Like, it's it's really good. It's a really good motivator on top of the actual game RPG that you're doing itself. So there's a lot of different elements to sort of motivate you and keep you engaged, um, which, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I think it's something that could be great for a lot of people who maybe can't afford the PT, maybe just don't like going to the gym because they just don't like that yeah. space. They're shy. Um, maybe they just don't have much time. So I think it's a really cool product that could be great for a lot of people. And mm. yeah, I've been I've been really enjoying it so far. Yeah. So the way I look at it, like um, we Fit was trying to get in like the casual market to try, you know, like, oh, I like uh, fitness. I'll buy a Wii. I'll get the board, you know, do that. But Ring Fit Adventure seems to be like, all right, we, we are sort of aiming more to our audience, which is a, which are, which are gamers, but we're trying to put a really good uh, sort of RPG with exercise. So it's not necessarily trying to go for that blue ocean effect like we Fit was, but with, yeah, but with uh, just going for the market they've already sort of got. I think, I think I'll actually say it's almost more wider orientated because the RPG experience that is there, it is very light. Like it is yeah, very generic yeah. and, it's, and it's simple. No yeah. Dragon Quest, yeah. No, it's no it's no <laughs> Dragon Quest. So I was, and based on the marketing they've done, I'd almost say it's actually going for a wider market as well. I don't think it's going to be nearly as successful as what the Wii no, no Fitness no, yeah. was. No, um, it's still done a few million units so far already from memory. So it's not doing too bad. Yeah, it's done, it's done over a million. So yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty huge for... You know, what it is and sort of who's buying a Switch, especially with the Switch Lite, which won't cater towards that game at all. No. Unless, unless you just want to lean it against like your yeah, kitchen counter and <laughs> sweat and you, yeah, I don't know. Possibly, possibly, mm. yeah. Yeah, but I, I would highly recommend it. Um, to be fair, though, I've only done a couple of sessions in it so far, but I do plan to do many more in it and I'm really interested to see the longevity of it and whether it's something that I can return to for months or possibly even years so yeah that, that that'll be interesting mm. yeah good first impressions at least anyway yeah definitely yeah. and for like how much it is it was like 125 aud here in australia um and considering like if you went and got a pt um it can vary of course but it, it can be kind of expensive so you're getting pretty good bang for your buck for the instructions and motivation you get from it and the range of exercises and information it gives you because it's giving you tips all the time about how to live a healthy life the type of foods you should be (laughs) eating and all the type of stuff and it's yeah it's 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 good it's so it's trying to put my partner out of work that's what yeah what it's trying to do yeah Yeah. more or less yeah 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 she's a pete she's a personal (laughs) trainer so (laughs) yeah awesome yeah because it's one of those games where i'm like oh i'd like to give it a go but 120 bucks i'm like oh i could spend it on kfc (laughs) <laughs> you you could, or you could invest that money into yourself, Drew, into you improving yourself and having fun at the same time. That's a good way to put it, Seamus. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> so I, have, I haven't been playing much at all, to be honest. Uh, yeah, We're sort of in my, I guess, office area, which I'm sort of gutting at the moment because I have need to paint it and carpet it and all that. So it's just a folder table at the moment. And uh, so a lot of that's going to be... A lot of my time is going to be into painting and doing stuff in here. Yeah, but Just renovating in general. Yeah. yeah. But I have uh, played with Pokemon Home since it came out. Oh, you're right. On the uh, the mobile version and the Switch version. And I sort of I did a solo episode just talking about Pokemon Home you know, when all the details got announced. And sort of my thoughts are pretty much the same as, as what they were. 
it is weird that like on the Switch version, you can't do all the things you can on the mobile version. It's just annoying. Like you can't trade or do wonder gifts or anything on the Switch. Huh. It's got to be on the phone. And it's just, and the phone version, especially at the moment, and especially when it launched, it was like very buggy. It, like it crashed on me like every five minutes or so, just like crashes and yeah. And uh, like I moved my like living decks, like all of the Pokemon from my Pokemon bank and they didn't register in the Pokedex straight away. It took a long time for the servers to sort of like read it all. So like, you know, when it launches, you expect it to be a little bit funky, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty a, average. A pretty rough launch by yeah. the sounds of it. But I do like the features it offers, like the wonder trading at the moment. Like, you know, you go on your phone, you can put 20 Pokemon on at once and you just randomly trade all 20 Pokemon when they trade back. But at the moment with the servers, it takes like two hours to sort of find people. Because huh. you just put them there and leave them there. But say in the games we do a wonder trade, it goes up, then a Pokemon comes back. You're like, cool, you do another one, up, comes back. Now you put 20 in there. It's like, wow, this is going to be really quick. Just 20 at once. Holy crap. But then uh, it takes a couple of hours. Then you've got to open every single Pokeball one by one. It's kind of like opening loot boxes. It kind of feels like that, but they're free. And obviously it's a subscription, so you're not paying for like microtransactions and stuff. So I don't know why you have to open them so slowly, especially when... Just the anticipation, Drew. Yeah, I I guess. I don't know what they're trying to get at, but just make you spend time in their app. But yeah, I uh, I subscribe to the premium plan pretty quick. I decided 25 bucks for the year. That's... Okay, I thought that was for per month for for a second. Though. No, that that would be a bit a uh, bit crazy, <laughs> a bit ridiculous. That would be, but no, like I, I, a lot of people are complaining about the price, but we, it breaks down to like two dollars and six cents Australian, like a month. So if if you're a big Pokemon fan with a big collection, it is worth it for you. If you're just a, like a you know, casual Pokemon fan like yourself, such as myself, yeah, yeah, like you'll be fine with the free plan. You can put thirty Pokemon in there, and that'll probably be fine for you. You don't have a big collection you have to worry about and whatever. So, yeah. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I was, you know, it's got a, a is fa- it, fair way to just updates and stuff. And yeah, I was gonna say, is it more stable now? It's a little bit more stable. Yeah, but still has a bit yeah. of a way to go. Yeah. And one thing it really sort of sh- like shown itself to me was just how like weird the Pokemon look. Like it's not the 3D models, it's not the sprites, but it's just there's a there's a weird art style to all of the Pokemon in Pokemon Home. It's just really different and. Weird. Don't know how to put it. Weird. Weird. Well, I haven't really seen much of it myself, Drew, except for what I can only imagine is the best part. A certain uh, classic character reinvented um, to be <laughs> to be a part of it. That will be the older, hip Professor Oak that's in it. Oh, Am I yeah. thinking of it this time? Forgot one? about him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I just went, what the hell is this? And just what went through it. But yeah, I see it was like trending on Twitter and all of that. I'm like, then I actually thought about it a bit more. I was like, yeah, those glasses are a bit weird. <laughs> and he's got a different hairstyle and stuff. You know, he's he's gone through maybe. Now, I, I've forgotten. Was a, that Professor Oak or is this like another relative of Professor Oak? I think Oak? it's meant to be Professor Oak. And he's just going through like a free quarter life crisis kind of thing. Mm. Like, yeah. Oh, he's just enjoying life, you know, just putting his feet up, trying. You've got to enjoy life, Seamus. You've got to. He's been through a lot, you know. Yes. He has to, he's had to train up Ash many times. And oh, I'm sure yeah. he's 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 very tired. I say he was introduced in uh, Pokemon Masters and his uh, companion Pokemon was Mew. See, the trailer for that was really cool. And at the end, it's like, oh, Pokemon Masters. I'm like, oh, I don't care. Don't what, care. What, what is Pokemon Masters? It's a mobile game. It's a, oh, it's a gotcha game. So. Oh, it is too. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. You remember? 
see, I was, I was excited for it because I'm like, oh, I like all the characters. It's a mobile game. I'll go through a story. But uh, they just they want your money, something fierce in that game. <laughs> you want you want twenty rolls, sixty bucks. I, I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but it's, I think it's forty bucks actually for don't know how many rolls. I don't care. Don't play it anymore. <laughs> it was a long time ago where I sort of let that sail into the wind. So yeah, so Pokemon Home, it's cool. Put your Pokemon in there. If you uh, get all of the, if you like have a complete living decks, they reward you with a, a shiny. Oh, what's its name? I've got its name. It's Mag. I forgot its name, Seamus. It's a new Pokemon. Uh, they so they don't stick in my head like the old ones do. I remember Pikachu. I'm a big fan. I love Pikachu. You know. <laughs> Who doesn't dream? Who <laughs> doesn't love Pikachu? <laughs> Fake fans. Nato Johnson out there. He doesn't <laughs> like Pikachu. Tell you what. <laughs> bloody hell. He prefers Raichu. What a bloody... Raichu is cool. Raichu's fine. Yeah. He's no Pikachu. He's no Pikachu. No, no Pikachu. No. He's not, he's not that iconic. He doesn't have a detective movie, does he? It do, yeah. Does he have a detective movie, Nato? Have you seen Detective Raichu? Is that the sequel? I think not. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, Seamus. Let's, uh, let's roll in with the first jingle. Let's move into some news. Let's go down the warp pipe, as they say. I'm ready. All right, Seamus, so the cheeky bastards at Nintendo have announced an Animal Crossing New Horizons Direct that will be happening on the 20th of February in America and the 21st here in Australia at uh, half past 12 in the morning. My great lo- time. My local time. It's, got, it's a great time. <laughs> well, at, it, it isn't a great time, but at the same time, it's not during work or maybe a family dinner or what, whatever you have. Like, I just got to stay up late and I've got literally nothing to do, but uh, maybe just troll around the internet until it happens. So it's actually not too bad a time. It's, it's not too bad. Yeah. And I don't go to bed that early in 12 o'clock. It could be 2 o'clock. It could be 4 it, o'clock. It could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. If it was 4 o'clock in the morning, so Nintendo, come on. Give, give us some slack here. I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to run the house of Mario. I'm trying to get this information out to uh, listeners and you're just making it real hard. They're just not being considerate of no. you, Drew. Just, uh, you know, you've got to keep Australia in mind. We're a big demographic over here in Australia. We make a, yeah, we make use a lot of money. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so Animal Crossing... Uh, so what exactly are they talking about? So Nintendo of America, they tweeted that tune in on February 20th at 6 a.m. PT, uh, 9 a.m. ET, ET, extraterrestrial. I assume that's what that stands for, for roughly 25 minute that's live stream. I think every Animal time Crossing. I see it and it's like, Is it? yeah, it's, yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, and it's featuring an, an in-depth look at uh, Nook Incorporated's uh, Desert Island getaway package. So it's going to be like, one of the trailers before when Tom Nook was like, this is my package. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> this is my getaway package. And it was, he's sort of like the tour guide. So I assume it's going to be presented by Tom Nook. And it's going to go through. Tour oh. guide, overlord, you know, it's yeah. interchangeable. So I'm I'm really looking forward to Animal Crossing. It's one of my most anticipated games. Uh, really? Shamus, sh- yeah, it is. I love Animal Crossing. Oh, wow. Which, have you played all the games? I haven't, played all, I haven't played all of them. Uh, my first game was Wild, Wo- Wild World on the DS. And it was one of the, it was a game that I just sort of, I looked at the box art and I didn't really know much about it. I'm like, oh, I want to play this game. You just saw that raccoon and was like, I like the look of, I look, I like what mm. that's going on here. You yeah, know? I like. He's, he's got a good look about him. He, that raccoon is looking spicy. Yeah, but yeah, I just went in there and I just really, really enjoyed Wild World. I didn't really have many friends. I had, uh, it's actually Olivia at school. Right. Do you mean in general or in the game? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> 
I mean, friends, <laughs> who, like, who, friends like you, who needs enemies? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. Um, uh, friends who were playing Animal Friends who were playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> right. um, except for, yeah, one friend, Olivia, at school, she played it. And, um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Like, I remember just, like, spending, like, watching TV, playing Animal Crossing. It's like, oh, shit, it's almost 9 o'clock. I've got to get my fish in the Tom Nook. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, then, like, all the shops are shut. And I'm just, like, fishing, chilling out. Everyone's in bed. I'm just fishing, fish, fish, collecting fishing. shells. You're just watching Home and the Way on the TV and while you're doing your fishing, you know. You yeah. Know. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And uh, New Leaf, I didn't get into it so much just because, like, that was when I said, all right, people, you need to get this game to play with me. And they played it for about a month and fell off. And sort of through that, I fell off it as well, mm. which was like, no. So well, what, what would you say then that grabbed you in that first Animal Crossing game? Like, what elements of it do you do you really enjoy? It's just really chilled out and fun. You can just... If you're into if you're into collecting and just like the aesthetics of things, whether it's like decking out your house, like making the the actual island or the village how you want it to be, it's just a lot of fun. And like the characters are really endearing. Like the neighbors that move in, I had one neighbor. He was a squirrel. His name was Philbert. And I love Philbert. Holy, <laughs> we go we go way back, man. We go back to two thousand five <laughs> and Wild World. And I was playing Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, and Philbert moved into my village, and I was like, Philbert, my man, he's back. He's back and he is going to come to my desert island in Animal Crossing New Horizons and we're going to have a hell of a time. What does Philbert do for a job? Uh, I don't know what Philbert, he's got like a real like jolly personality, really fun guy. Um, to be honest, in Wild World, I didn't know if it was a guy or a girl, but um, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious he's a dude now. It's a bit, it's a bit more <laughs> HD. I can see what's going on <laughs> with that blue squirrel. I don't know if there's a Philbert Amiibo. I don't think there was because if I saw it, I would have bought it. Yeah, you, you would own it, yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, the Animal Crossing Direct, looking forward to uh, what's coming out. And just, I guess while we're talking about Directs in general, a lot of people have been waiting for a Nintendo Direct. Have they? I, I haven't mm, heard anything mm, about mm. that. Direct. Now, Seamus, I don't know if you heard, but this is the biggest drought of Nintendo Directs we've ever had. The biggest drought. Oh, God. I am dry over here. <laughs> My dampness you, has just evaporated. You know, like we've had other directs like we've had you know the fire emblem character reveal for smash bros we had the pokemon one that they earlier this year but they're not real directs are they Drew? No, no 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 they're just fake directs they're fake directs why uh, <laughs> fake nintendo games <laughs> smash bros pokemon who plays them anyway <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously like when they announce the direct I'm, I'm gonna be like yes but i'm not like like scratching for it necessarily well, you know we were considering for the topic of the show trying to work out the exact date you know how many days away it was going to be but drew was like no we don't know seamus no one no one's that's it's not worth our time it'll, it'll come when it come and you know i i respected that someone's got to <laughs> someone's got to respect that seamus because i certainly don't <laughs> oh dear um, so next news story. So The Witcher 3 has a brand new patch on Nintendo Switch, which sort of unlocks cross-play with Steam and GOG, as well as some uh, basic like visual improvements you can sort of toggle on and off. Um, so this is sort of the uh, the press release from... Um, oh, God. From old mate CD Project Rec. CD Project Rec, yeah. Yep. It just uh, left my head. Like a lot of important information. <laughs> like my own birthday. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Among the features introduced by <laughs> Update 3.6 is a safe file integration with Steam and GOG, allowing gamers to continue their PC adventure on the go, as well as a HUD menu and Gwent 
uh, touch control support. Additionally, the update expands the range of available text language options for selected regions, which is very exciting. Holy crap. Uh, more tech, more graphical settings can, so, can also be found in the following update, making it possible to uh, customize visual fidelity. And you can go and have a look for all the dot points and all of that. Drew, I do not appreciate this favoritism right now mm. because I'm going I'm to be that person. It's not coming for PlayStation 4 and it's not having for Xbox One. But for for Switch, why why is that, Drew? You know, I don't, what, what, is, what, what is this favoritism that's happening for Nintendo? Yeah, well, I think um, Nintendo paid them lots. No, I don't think <laughs> I think, like, looking at it, with uh, making the update, the Switch, it makes the Switch version of the game that much more valuable than before. Because before, it's like, well, it will be good to play it on the go, but at the same time, I don't want to be stuck with the Switch version because it doesn't look as good, doesn't run as good. And The Witcher 3 is a game that you just really want to be immersed in with its graphics and it's, you know, just everything about it. Um, so being able to like play on your PC, have it as good as, as like the best that game can be at home and yeah. yeah, enjoy it in, in the way, I guess it was meant to be to a degree, but then yeah, when you go, you're going to work on public transport, you're going on holiday, you can, you can bring it with you and yeah. it still be a, a really good experience. Yeah. And it, I do think like this for PS4 and Xbox one will come eventually. I think they actually said that they're not doing it. Oh really? Yeah, they're just not they're just not doing it for Which is a bit of a shame because I have The Witcher 3 on PS4. Same. So it'd be cool to actually do it, play it on PS4 and be like, all right, I'm gonna move it. But maybe just the options weren't there for that type of thing. Perhaps well, this is something that happened recently for um Divinity Original Sin 2. They added yeah. that support between Nintendo Switch and, and PC. And I, I totally agree with what you were saying about it it probably it, it makes a lot of sense to be able to, when you're at home, be able to play on PC and then take it with you on your Switch and, and have that cross-play experience. I think it's really cool. You know, I, I, I don't mind that much that it's not on PlayStation 4 and, and Xbox One. I doubt people who play on those consoles mind that much either. It, it's just a cool thing that's it's it's happened at all for Switch and, and PC. Like, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and it, ma- it makes me say, hmm, maybe I should get the Switch version. Then like, I don't have it on PC. It'd be nice to play it on PC. Don't even you buy two versions of the game, but you end up never playing it. It's, oh, it's too long. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll go back to it. You know, I, I do want to go back to it. I got 50 hours into it originally and was really enjoying it. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's a long game. It's it's a great game. It's There's just a lot of games, yeah. When, like, I bought the game when it came out and this was when I was living at the farm and at the farm we had uh, a, an eight gig cap and... When the game wanted an update, it, upgrade, it updated like the hard and everything to make it much better. But on PS4, for some reason, if you want the update, you also had to uh, download the DLC along with it. Like, you, like even if you haven't bought it, you had to download it. Huh. And that was a 20 gig download. And even if I took it to Bryce's in town, that would have been like a two-day download. And that would have like shut down his internet for those two days because it was that slow on ADSL2. So I'm like, oh, I can't update it. And looking at sort of the changes they made to the menus and uh, it just made it so much easier and snappier, I just went, oh, well, I, know, I won't play it. <laughs> so I played it once. So, like, I did some side quests and I was like, this is fantastic. Like uh, the side quest when you go down the well and everything and meet like the ghost of this woman. That was a long time ago. I can't exactly exactly what it was. <laughs> but I was like, wow, this is like just the amount of like story in each little corner of that game is just awesome. But, yeah, that's as far as I got, unfortunately, that, now, because of that. Now's the time, Drew. Now's the time. 
Yeah, well, you know, I can download it all now. I've got no excuse now. <laughs> you don't, yeah. But it's been, you know, it's been five years, literally. Holy crap. Yeah. 2020. Oh, my God. All right, next story, Seamus. So, the Sonic movie could earn uh, $64.3 million in four days and could surpass Detective Pikachu. So, this is from my Nintendo News. Uh, the, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie could potentially be the best-selling video game feature adaption a debut of all time and could overtake the mighty detective Pikachu. No one overtakes the mighty detective <laughs> Pikachu in my house. I'll tell you what, uh, the Sonic movie uh, ha- is expected to gross 64.3 million during the first four days on sale. And if it does so, then detective Pikachu would be knocked to second place. The Pokemon themed film managed to earn uh, 58 million during the first four days. It is safe to say that Sonic the Hedgehog movie uh, has performed better than many has ex- have expected. I think it's very safe to say it's... How the hell is this going to take over Detective <laughs> Pikachu? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, is, it is pretty surprising to myself, honestly, because I, I wouldn't think Sonic would appeal to a younger generation that much, but although they did do the Sonic Boom like TV show, anime show and stuff, so maybe they have built up a, a lot of... Of a younger audience, as well as obviously the older audience that grew up playing Sonic games. So even with that in mind, even that with mine, Pokemon, Pokemon, <laughs> a Detective Pikachu movie. Now, I guess a Detective Pikachu movie. You know, it's not straight Pokemon two thousand. It's it's mm. a little bit. It's a little bit. It's a weird. Off. It's, it's a, weird. It's a yeah. weird movie. It's a little bit different for. So was for this Pokemon. though? I guess. So, so was this? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Sonic the Sonic movie is very odd. Uh, <laughs> and and watching the trailers and stuff for before, I was kind of like. This looks like it could be a bit of fun, I guess, but I'm not going to rush out to see it. But obviously, there is there is a large amount of people who are like, you know what? I'm, I'm down to see wacky Sonic just be silly, run around the world, do lots of silly things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before they made the changes uh, to his, like, oh, his, his yeah, face. Oh, yeah, the original design was not good. When I saw it, I'm like, oh, man, I've got to see this. This is going to be <laughs> such a train wreck. It's going to be so funny. I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, but that changed it, and it's like, oh, this looks like just like a. It looks like it's just going to be like a mediocre movie now because he looks normal. Yeah, and that's how I felt. Kind of wrecked. I, it. I, I thought it was just <laughs> going to be kind of average, but I've heard relatively decent things, not amazing things, but just like, yeah, it's it's a bit of fun. Yeah. And Br- I, Br- Bryce and I are going to go and see it on Tuesday. Um, yeah, I look forward a- to hearing your impressions of it on the episode next week. Yeah, I mean. I don't know how I don't know what to say about it. Really, just I'm not really looking forward to seeing it. It's just kind of something to do. Really, I like I like going to the movies. I like getting. I, I do too. I like yeah. going, getting my popcorn. I like getting my coke. And if I'm feeling really adventurous, I get some Maltesers. I really I'll throw some chocolate in there because and how I eat it is I have the popcorn. <laughs> I have the Malteser. It really like breaks up that saltiness. Then you have the drink. You have the coke. It washes it down. You start again. Cleanses the palate. Back to the popcorn. And you just keep rotating that through. Drew, I think it it'd be best for your audience just to come clean um if you're being sponsored by any of these companies that you're you're just spruiking right now. Companies. Your- what popcorn? <laughs> I guess Coke and Maltesers. Coke yeah. and Maltesers, yeah. No, I'm House Mario is sponsored by popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Want a nice snack? Pop some popcorn. Don't get it in your teeth. All right. <laughs> This is, what, this is what Sonic the Hedgehog brings out on us. So, the last couple of days, Seamus, uh, a new Nintendo Switch Lite color has been revealed. <gasps> First announced for Japan. Now, Nintendo America has announced it. Drew, what could surpass the Animal Crossing themed 
Switch that was announced very recently. I think if a meteorite hit Earth and it opened up and it was life on a new planet, even that wouldn't match that Animal Crossing Switch, Seamus. But <laughs> this is a close second. So <laughs> Nintendo, they announced a coral Nintendo Switch Lite, so it's like a shade of pink, and it looks it looks pretty nice. It does, yeah. It's It, it looks nice. It's cute. It's only been announced for Japan so far, so don't get too excited. And, for and US. In the, in the, oh, is it for US as well? Oh, yep, great. Yep. And Nintendo America came out. I checked uh, Nintendo Australia's Twitter. They have not announced it yet. Mm. But I could not imagine that, you know, in this uh, sort of age of worldwide releases and everything, it, if it comes to America, it wouldn't come to Australia. That that would be odd. However, the yes. Animal Crossing one, they announced it straight away for Australia as well. Yeah, mm. true. And it has worked vice versa too. Like um, with the new 3DS, uh, America only got the XL version, whereas we got the uh, you know normal small version and it never came to America. And it's sort of like they kind of look at it like uh, different markets, different sort of strategies. And maybe they think Australians don't like coral. They just don't like pink. They, they look at our coral reef and say, well, it's not pink anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, Jesus. They're not wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's one of those situations like when, a, say, like an earthquake happens somewhere and someone's about to release a, was it Motor Storm Apocalypse on the Sony point? It's like, oh, we better not release that. It's about earthquakes. Maybe mm. they'll say, hmm, it's a bit of a touchy subject, the coral reef at the moment. <laughs> maybe, maybe we shouldn't release uh, the coral version of the Nintendo Switch Lite. Just a thought. <laughs> just a thought. Yeah, I think you've nailed it on the head right there. Yeah. yeah. Mm, mm. Mm. Um, so if they, maybe when they do announce it, you can uh, comment on their, their Twitter post to say, that's a bit unsensitive, Nintendo <laughs> Australia. Like, come on, really? <laughs> like, really? Everything that's going on, really? Drew, how many Switches do you own? Do you still just have your original Switch or have you bought a light? I've got uh, two lights, James. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have two lights, Drew? Well, I have one um, for one eye and the other one for the other eye, so I can play. No, no. Um, so, I uh, I pre-ordered the Pokemon one. Big Pokemon fan. I like collecting uh, Pokemon limited editions. Fair, fair. With Makes the sense. 3DS uh, Pokemon editions, I never bought them because I'm like, it's a waste of money. I've already got a 3DS. Uh, how many 3DSs do I end up with? A lot. So <laughs> that was kind of, it's a bit redundant in the end. Um, but I pre-ordered it. I'm like, I like the look of it. I'm looking forward to Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's going to be like a collector's piece. And I, I also really, really liked the yellow. And I was at PAX Australia. They had a bit of a sale on it. I wanted the fun toy to play while I was on a bit of a trip. So I bought that. And I said, oh, well, I'll cancel the pre-order for the Pokemon one because that was still about a month away. Mm. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'm like, oh, that Pokemon. I wouldn't actually mind keeping the Pokemon one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when, I, when I went to pick it up and like paid for it, I'm like, it wasn't like a... A fun, like, yes, new console, really, really cool. It was like, oh, I had like a really like sharp pain in my stomach. Like, why are you spending $300 on a, another Switch? <laughs> when you already own two. Yeah, this one doesn't even you. dock. <laughs> What's wrong with me? But yeah, it's cool. It's got colored buttons and it's uh, got a Pokemon on the back. So that was cool. <laughs> Nintendo, oh, they just, they love you, Drew. They, <laughs> oh, they should. They should. <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, so this is a story from uh, Vooks.net, which are... They're a pretty cool site. I've heard, yeah. I've heard of them before, read a few of the articles. Yeah, I was about to say they're friends of the show, but, you know, they probably don't like us, to be <laughs> honest. They probably look at us and go, you know... That's a competitor. We we hate them, if mm. anything. It's probably the stance Vooks, I would say, take. It's funny. Knowing very little about the man. 
<laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't met Daniel myself, but I do remember back in the day I was a part of the Aussie Nintendo group and at the same time uh, the Vooks had a, a forum as well. So they were sort of like arch enemies. It's some, I think there was like a bit of rivalry between them. Whether it was fun or not, I don't know. I was like 12, so I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't like, you know, into like all of that crap. I didn't realize Vooks had been running for that long. They've been running for a long time. And yeah, I was like, oh yeah, Vooks, the other guys. And uh, the other Nintendo fans mm, based mm. in Australia. Yeah, the other <laughs> Nintendo fans. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, look who look who stuck around. Yeah. Look who look who you're getting your news from now, Drew. <laughs> Who's the real winner here? <laughs> we both are, I'll tell you what. So Untitled Goose Game steals game of the year at the Dice Awards 2020. So when I heard this, I was like, what? <laughs> Love Untitled Goose Game, but um, so th- this is the article. We'll get into like sort of the other winners from previous years and just mm. see how funny it, it is. It is a comparison, yeah. yeah. So Australian developers House House have joined the esteemed group of developers this week. Untitled Goose Games, uh, Goose Games was awarded Game of the Year at this year's Dice Awards. The Dice Awards are voted from a panel of people from within the games industry, including developers, publishers, and artists. They joined such esteemed company as GoldenEye 2007, Half-Life 2, Breath of the Wild, Ocarina of Time, and other big games. House House themselves uh, calling the honor extremely weird, but also an incredible surreal honor. <laughs> um, other Nintendo nods include Super Mario Maker 2 for best family game, Fire Emblem Three Houses for strategy or simulation game, Luigi Mansion 3 put, picked up best character animation and most, controvers- very, <laughs> most uh, controversially, <laughs> Mario Kart Tour won best racing game award. I do remember hearing really? that. Really? That, that is odd. Well, uh, can I just say Luigi's Mansion 3? I don't know if they deserve necessarily best animation. You know, there's some incredible animation happening in games across the games industry and love games. But that is an amazing game and it deserves any and all recognition it can get. So good on you, Luigi's Mansion 3. Just give it like, yeah, bloody top game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So just uh, going backwards. So 2019, Untitled Goose Game won Game of the Year at the Dice Awards. And this is just going back to like the last five years. It's just like, wow, (laughs) it must be like pretty cool for them. But yeah, as I said, really weird. So 2018, God of War won. And then Zelda Breath of the Wild 2001 and 2017. Overwatch 1 in 2016. In 2015, Fallout 4 won. Then 2014, Dragon Age Inquisition won. So just like, like those games, it is good to see something like very different because it is getting to the point now where, where it's like just make something pretty, make it uh, action and open world-ish. And like you're pretty well positioning yourself to get to game of the year if it's a phenomenal game. If you make a phenomenal fighting game or a phenomenal racing game, whatever, it's not going to get to game of the year no matter what you do. But House House, just with like the amount of clout and everything that it managed to get through, you know, the marketing through Nintendo Directs and sort of memeability with the goose and everything, I really like uh, captured the internet in a real special way and even to the point where a lot of people like look at it and go, you know, this is worth game of the year, like amongst like all of the great games that came out last year as well. Yeah, it's, it is, it is cool to see it be mixed up. It is an awesome honor, especially for an Australian studio. Do I think they deserve it? Not really. (laughs) It's, it's a, it's a cool game. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I have heaps of friends and family who have enjoyed it as well. And yeah, it's, 
it's impossible not to acknowledge the phenomenon it was seeing it being reported by news outlets around the world, just being a cultural phenomenon, just breaking into every element of our modern society, which, which is awesome. And, you know, it deserves recognition. And I don't know the specifics of like what the criteria are for the dice best game of the year or how, or how it's judged. And maybe it's just the most popular, which going by previous games, that would be fairly in line for it. Yeah. Um, and if I were to think about some of the best games from last year, personally for me, it's like Sekiro, um, Shadows Die Twice, um, which is a very different game. Um, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A much bigger and more in-depth <laughs> game than Untitled Goose Game. And it's kind of w impossible to compare them. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's 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 weird. It's cool. It's... Yeah, like good on them. <laughs> <laughs> it gets into that sort of uh, bit where it's like it comes so much down to just taste when you're putting all of these games against each other. When you've got the categories where it's like best racing game, like, oh, well, Forza was by far the best game this year in that category. But when it comes to like, all right, there's a lot of good games. You've got Death Stranding. That's that's pretty weird. It's you've pretty, got Untitled Goose. Pretty different to Forza, yeah. Yeah, you got Untitled Goose game. That was a bit different. Then you got like action games like Sekiro, Sekiro and yeah. Control. Yeah, they're kind of incomparable. You just can't compare them because yeah. they're so different because, yeah, it's art. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I sort of agree with you. Like probably doesn't, does not deserve, but probably isn't what I would say game of the year is. But take a win where we can for the Australian indie oh, games. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's an a incredibly well-designed game. Like, you want to talk about animation, like the animation for yeah. the design of that game is so well done for the comedy it's aiming for the music, the art direction. It's like, it's, it's been amazing to watch. Like even just the most recent, um, uh, games done quick. Uh, there were some speed runs of it and they were hilarious. They were fantastic. And it <laughs> took over GDQ. Like people were just screaming honk, like every <laughs> five minutes throughout the marathon it was ridiculous and it was awesome it was hilarious and i i loved it and it's it's been amazing to see i guess how much joy it's brought to people and you know if you were to fact like rate it based just on that like yeah probably untitled goose game deserves it you know mm. yeah so it's yeah it's weird but uh, yeah i agree it's an awesome win for the australian games industry yeah yeah absolutely absolutely it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, I was just thinking about how <laughs> wide a range of news we've, we've got today. Yeah. I was just thinking like, I was going to say something, but then it disappeared from my head. <laughs> so uh, you're not going to hear it. Uh, so next up, a little town hero, big idea edition launches physically this June. And when I first saw this story, I'm like, oh, cool. You know, uh, little town hero is getting a physical edition. Oh, you know, from that developer that's only ever developed from my knowledge games for Nintendo systems. Yeah, well, they there have been other games that have gone to other platforms, ah. but this game is also getting a physical release on PlayStation Four, which is being published by NIS America, which you know publishes a lot of you know JRPGs and sort of those sort of niche type of games coming from elsewhere. But um, so this uh, article comes from Nintendo Enthusiast, and it says last month we reported on the news that Little Town Hero was getting a physical release. We know that. Uh, 
something in the way there, sorry. Uh, we know that, <laughs> uh, you know, when you accidentally like, put the mouse over like the email thing and it pops up? Yeah. It did that. And now it's throwing me right off. Oh, it's done it again. Oh. <laughs> Computers, am I right? Um, we know that Little Town <laughs> Hero Big Idea Edition will launch uh, later this year, beyond the initial spring 2020 uh, release window. The physical edition of the game will hit stores early in June, with dates staggered across three major regions. And uh, just for you know, a bit of context, Australia gets it last, of course we bloody do. <laughs> hey, sometimes we get things first, you know. We it, do. It, it, goes, it goes both ways. Now, Drew, could, would you you said that they have brought some of their games to other consoles previously or platforms? Do you remember what they are? I'm just I'm just curious. Yeah, so there's uh, there's Tempo the Badass Elephant. <gasps> Did they do that game? Yeah, oh. that and they uh, got that published by Sega, and that came to PC, Xbox One, and PS4. It, it, it came to everything, yeah, everything except for Nintendo, which is weird. That's that's it, odd. Yeah. yeah. And there's been, um, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it was just released on PC and it came to uh, Switch like probably six months later. I forgot the name of it. I've been meaning to buy it, but it's a bit expensive for what it is, even when it's on sale. So I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But I'll, like, I just want to play it out of curiosity because it is Game Freak. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate I forgot the name of oh, it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that and... What else was there? And I get, this was just a game where I just didn't expect it to come to another platform because it is like more of an RPG. So I just, oh, it's kind of like, you know, it's more in line with Pokemon, what their you know bread and butter is. So, yeah. And it does make me wonder, like outside of Pokemon, if, uh, if Game Freak do get another series that takes off, for example, maybe like a quarter of what Pokemon is or <laughs> like if it comes like pretty big and they're like, all right, this is big enough for a sequel. Are they going to try and get away from Nintendo? It seems like they, like they've got no sort of allegiance to them. They are a second party, so yeah. And outside they ov- of obviously yeah. want to be developing their own IP and have tried several, ti- well, have done so several times. Mm. And yeah, it just seems like they're very when they say like you know there's like they are a bit of an indie studio when they're talking about how they develop Pokemon, how they want to keep it tight knit and everything. And when it's the the games with the IP they actually own, you do see that. You see them say release it on Switch and maybe get the funds up to say, all right, NES America, you publish on PS4 as well, and we've got the funds now to do um, physical editions for both platforms. So yeah, I do I do find that interesting, just from like a stance of like they're they're uh, they're not just doing it on Nintendo platforms. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So in the collector's edition, you get. Uh, a collector's edition box. You get the box, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, a copy of the game for Nintendo Switch or PS4 if you get it on there. Uh, art book for the game titled Life in the Village. You get a, a Is It or Does It poster. I haven't played through much of the game, so I don't know the context of that. Uh, you get the Defender Duo label pin set and a Town Tunes the game's official soundtrack. So a lot of typical things you get in yeah, collector's yeah. editions, yeah. Um, so you've played a bit of it then, Drew, on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, a little, a little a, bit. A little bit. Yeah, what are your impressions on it then? Because it seemed like an odd title from the gameplay and trailers I've, I've seen of it. Yeah, like I, I can really barely talk on it, but... I, yeah, I can really barely talk on it. <laughs> okay. It was a long time ago. And was it in uh, October? I think I, I like dabbled in it then... You know, work was pretty busy at the time and I wasn't playing many games. I was just like watching TV, sleeping. It's busy, yeah. Yeah. Then I have to talk about something on the podcast. I'm like, oh, I farted, huh? 
<laughs> not quite that. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. It's come to PS4 as a collector's edition. So this is from Nintendo Life. And uh, Atlas reveals video recording guidelines for Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers. So they've got a bit of a dot list of things you can't show on stream. And if you remember, there was a big list of things you couldn't stream or show for the initial Persona 5 launch as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So well, this is actually a fair bit. So I don't know if I want to go through it all. But yeah, but, but we'll what, what platforms is it coming to? Uh, PS4 and Switch. And Switch, okay. Yeah, so it is on Switch. So not not actual Persona Five, but we get the uh, we get the we get this get one. Pre, get pretty close, not not quite there, but yeah. Yeah. Um. So uploading screenshots or video requires you to use the console's own capture and share functions. Atlas will not allow screenshots or videos captured via personal capture cards. Well, okay. So you, you can't stream to Twitch then. <laughs> uh, only upload videos to sites supported by the fairing. Uh, sharing features on switch and ps4 if you are showing event scenes or story scenes you must clearly mention that these are spoilers uh, footage screenshots should also show uh, the at atlas at sega at konami tech uh, tecmo uh, games uh, all rights reserved so you got to like put all that in uh, do not use the gameplay uh, footage for any other purposes other than showing gameplay so you can't talk over it. You can't use it in a review. You can't, I assume, what that means. Uh, do not only upload the BMG music data or the gameplay footage for the main purpose of listening to the music. Okay, you can't. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of things going on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what? What is this game again? From memory, Drew, it is sort of a um, side game for the Persona series, which have done a few in recent years. Yeah, so for Nintendo fans, I guess like Horror Warriors, um, Fire Emblem Warriors, sort of that type of game where you're running around hack and slashing one another. I think this has got like a lot of the Persona charm in it. A lot of people are very impressed with just the art style and how Persona is sort of fused into it. Um, there's a demo on the uh, Japanese eShop. People can go and download if they have a Japanese account. Um, I don't have a Japanese account. It's really at the easy moment, to set up though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've, I've set up a European and American one, but I haven't set up a Japanese one. Just yet, but when Hatsu Miku comes out early, I will be setting you, it up. You will be there, yeah. Oh, baby. <laughs> Relieve. The Hatsune one. Miku. Uh, after after the Hatsu Miku games come to Switch, all we need is Gravity Rush and uh, it'll, be, it'll be perfect. We'll be fine, but yeah. uh, Sony will just let that die. <laughs> They'll let it die. So, yeah, that was only half of the things, but we're not going to go through it all. Uh, basically, if you want to stream this game, don't. <laughs> it's gonna be just a, a hard time yeah it's it's a really interesting stance to take and i get wanting to protect like the story that you've worked on for a game over over many years and keep that experience as as new and fresh for any new for new players coming in but it's just yeah that's the thing once it's out there people are going to do with it what they're going to do with it and that's that's just how it is that's what how the internet is and it's very yeah it's it's very odd decisions mm. yeah. like persona 5 you can see why they would want to do that like if you're 50 hours into the game and you upload something to twitter and someone sees it and goes oh i'm only 20 hours in and that's and that could and be a big spoiler yeah, yeah but i feel like there is there's plenty of games out there like that now and like yes with persona the story is hugely important but i would say that about the witcher 3 i say that about dragon age inquisition yeah, say that about yeah. even God of War. And God of War can be up to like sixty hours. 
Um, so it's it's not like there isn't other huge games. There's plenty of other huge games out there with, with plenty of awesome stories that could be easily spoiled. And I kind of feel like that's on the users who are watching streams that should know best, you know? And yeah, so I think it's a bit of an odd odd choice um, from Atlas to go this hard, to have this hard of a stance on it, but it's their property. They can, they can choose how they want to, how they want to go about it. So yeah. yeah. Like a lot of people like, cause I'm definitely not one of these types of uh, people that um, just watch like a let's play, for example, like resident evil seven people just like watch like PewDiePie play it and go, Oh, that was a fun game and just never buy it, never play it. And I've never, ever, ever gotten why people do that. Like I understand like, oh, you know, I just want to know the story, know the game. It's free. I don't have to bother playing it. But for me, it's all about like the gameplay and getting immersed into it. Maybe it's a little bit, maybe that's what they're worried about. Maybe um, it being an RPG, a lot of people say, you know what, I don't don't have to play this. I just want to know the story and get but, through it. Yeah, possibly. And so it can push people more to to just actually having to buy it to get their experience mm. themselves. And I, I guess I can... I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's a fair point. And, but uh, that's, that's the thing. I feel like there's just always going to be ways people find roots around it. Yeah. Realistically. And the thing is for some people, they might just not want to play it themselves. Maybe because it's, maybe it's a horror genre and they're kind of interested in it, but they would be too scared to play it themselves. And so they just enjoy watching it and still getting that experience in, mm. in a different way. And maybe some people with that would be that with Persona and this is kind of taking that opportunity to experience it in that way away from them. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it would do a lot more good though. Like a lot of people say, I've never seen this game before. I'm not into RPGs and they might buy it because it looks cool. Well, they might yeah see like a really cool story being go, wow, this game's got a really in-depth story. I'm going to buy it mm. as well. So I think there's going to be probably more good for them than bad, but especially with this, like this is an action game anyway. So it is a game that like, you know, you do want to get your hands on and play that way. But true. Yeah. Mm. All right. So persona. So this is a, this is, this is a little bit old, but um, we haven't been, uh, haven't been here for two weeks. Shamus. The house of Mario is a bit cold. Haven't had the heater on just stoked <laughs> the fire. You know, we're just sort of warming back into things. So this is from going in into in the middle of summer here in Australia. Yeah, well, it, it, it has been a bit cold. It's, it's yeah. pretty cold, yeah. yeah. After some ridiculously hot weather, yep. Yeah, well, not down here. It's been, you know, you've got like 135 Dave and it goes back to 22, but I digress. So this is from Go Nintendo and Nintendo and Pokemon Co. Uh, track the Pokemon Sword and Shield info leak back to the gaming press member and cut all ties with the outlet. So back in... Late last year, before the game's release, before Pokemon Sword and Shield were released, yeah, um, the Pokemon started leaking out, and I know personally for me, I was like really annoyed by it because I wanted to go in fresh, not knowing anything. Then like the starters started leaking, and certain Pokemon started leaking, and I was trying to avoid it for the first couple of days, and then it got to the point where like there's someone in. Um, well, I think it was like the Adelaide Connection group. They're like, oh, guys, check out the starters. What do you think? That's just on my Facebook feed. It's right there. I've like, you know, even if I go like just scroll as fast as I can, I've still seen them. I still know what, I still know yeah. what they are. So, and then like it just comes up on your feed. And I know a lot of people say, well, just don't look at them or unfollow all of the accounts. But it's it's hard to just disconnect yourself entirely from, from yeah. that. Yeah. And like you said, you know, you're just going through Facebook that you use for, 
to follow lots of different things and it would just it would just come up it's not like you want to leave all these facebook groups i guess you could maybe mute them i, I can't remember what the functionality is for that but yeah it's like it's this type of thing where people are this excited for their games because they're huge games it's gonna show up like it's gonna be thrown in your face when leaks like this happen because it's gonna be newsworthy people mm. will go be excited for it and so they're gonna share it yeah so seeing this news that the uh the culprit was caught was good so good whip justice the did. justice is served <laughs> so throw them in the dungeon <laughs> <laughs> send them to death so and, and no one leaks my pokemon and, game <laughs> and that's the thing uh we were talking a little bit about this before the show and i wasn't fully aware of all the details but the fact that it was intentional leaks by this outlet mm. to to leak this information which was very obviously embargoed um silly I, move very very silly move mm. and i don't really question this decision it's no. that's the thing you know in in games in the games industry and with media in general it, a lot of it is about relationships and because we're human at the end of the day we're human and we need to work together regardless of the industry or what jobs we're we're doing within each industry and if you don't follow the rules if you decide to go out and do your own thing and possibly um, ruin a lot of plans of another company such as Nintendo, um, they're probably not going to like it and they're probably not going to want to work with you, which I think is kind of fair. Yeah, because you've worked on that side of the industry, like handing out codes to outlets and all that type of thing. So if uh, somebody did that to you while you were working there, would you have said, oh, no, that's fine? Or would you have uh, cracked down <laughs> and uh, sent the dogs out? Yeah, it's, it is just general professional courtesy. Really, yeah, it's just yeah. manners. It's just yeah, it's just yeah. it's just respect uh, day, for yeah. different parts of the industry and different different crafts because we all have to work together to make the the wheel turn more or less. And if if media outlets were and and this has been a somewhat of a controversial topic over the last several years as outlets such as Kotaku have been blacklisted by companies mm-hmm. such as. I think it was Bethesda. both Bethesda and Ubisoft yeah. for <laughs> leaking oh, Sass- yeah, sure. yeah, Sass- Sass- Creed, Assassin's yeah. Creed and about Bethesda games. And, you know, that's that's up to those companies, you know. That's their decision to blacklist them if they feel these outlets are not going to portray their um, games fairly, although I don't think that was necessarily the case. It was just whether it was a... Sick f- of leaking them. Stop it, boys. Yeah, yeah. It was a form of... <laughs> punishment for doing what some people would say is their jobs for other people would say isn't necessarily their jobs. Like, and, and the thing is there is a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes into these announcements. And it is really exciting for the people who have worked on these games, possibly for years. Um, and you know, it's, it's a special moment to be able to share it. And in, in the way that they choose to do it, the people who've created this this product and so it can really take the wind out of your sails and be disappointing when someone decides to mm. disrespect a relationship um, or agreement you may have and to decide to just say screw you i'm gonna share this information that was confidential uh whether it's to get clicks whether it's for fun uh, whatever it may be yeah it's just disrespectful and so I don't have a lot of sympathies for the, the outlet that have been blacklisted. Maybe more so if it was an individual who went rogue and did this on their own accord for the outlet and the rest of the outlet's being punished. That kind of sucks for them. Yeah, so uh, it, that's what it sounds like. So I'll read the article. So it says, uh, Pokemon, uh, Nintendo and Pokemon Co. 
uh, suffered an absolute huge leak on Pokemon Sword and Shield before the games launched, with tons of details scattered about online for all to see. Pokemon Co. obviously weren't happy about this, and they uh, set out to track down the people responsible. Uh, unbelievably, the two companies have managed to find the exact source behind the leak, and it was a member of the gaming press. It turns out the leak came from a member of the uh, of the Portuguese Nintendo fan site, F Nintendo. I think it's just F Nintendo is one word, so that kind of that sounds weird <laughs> in English at least. I don't know what that. F Nintendo just sounds like, yeah, fuck Nintendo. <laughs> Leak the game. That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> Nintendo and Pokemon Co. have cut all ties with the site and shared the statement below. So this is a, a statement from Nintendo themselves. In early November, Nintendo identified a number of photographs taken of gameplay that revealed multiple new and unannounced Pokemon from Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. These photographs had been posted online and Nintendo, together with the Pokemon company, quickly identified the person responsible for these leaks and took immediate action. These Pokemon were leaked by a reviewer for the Portuguese website FNintendo, who had received an early copy of the game for review purposes. Both he and F Nintendo failed to handle confidential material, resulting in a clear breach of confidential, confidentially, uh, confident. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to skip it. I think I said it right anyway. I don't know why I'm still on it. Uh, agreement between Nintendo and the media outlet. As a result, Nintendo will no longer work with F Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo will always protect its intellectual property and brands. Leaks hurt not just Nintendo, but the thousands of employees who work hard to bring these games to market and the millions of fans around the world who look forward to the news and surprises. Uh, to surprises and to, lo- to delight players through new experience is a shared passion of Nintendo and the Pokemon company. We will provide all avenues for uh, to preserve surprises for players in the future Pokemon titles. So that last bit there says we're going to not give out many review codes at all, only trusted outlets, probably what you're looking at with you know at the top with IGN, and maybe maybe down to I don't know if like places like like we're reading this off of Go Nintendo, Nintendo Life, Nintendo Enthusiast, these places we go for I guess uh, like hardcore Nintendo news. Don't know if it will be, those type of outlets will get it, but it is disappointing because like this year, um, I was like talking to Nintendo Australia saying like can we get review codes? And they said, oh, well, uh, we'll put your name down and we'll see see how you go. And it, it seemed like it was going to be like, you know, might get a code on release day or something. I was, like, I was looking forward to it because getting access to a Pokemon game would just be amazing for me because I'm a big fan of the series and I, want, I was looking forward to doing content and stuff around it. And covering it, yeah. Yeah, and just like covering the game in general, which we which we did anyway. It didn't affect too much of that. It was just uh, we had to cram it all in the first weekend to get it out by the next episode. But like you know, for us uh, small guys, uh, we got absolutely no hope now because, like Nintendo Australia, like they've they already, like you know they've already got restrictions compared to say other um, outlets of Nintendo. So you know, and us being as small as we are, like you know, it's gonna when they're really gonna be protective of leaks, they're not gonna be uh, giving a code to the House of Mario. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's unfortunate that someone has to ruin the party for for everyone else. And it's hard to disagree with what they say in that statement. And it's totally their right to do that and choose how they share review codes and their games with media outlets. Um, and it's, I'm actually kind of amazed there isn't more leaks in the games industry in general, because 
especially for projects like Pokemon, which are so huge and there's so many moving parts, especially when it comes to marketing and promotion across the entire world. Um, it is it is amazing that there is not more leaks. So I'm not surprised this happened. Uh, mm. It's it's disappointing, but it usually I, happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm not surprised. It's disappointing, and like I said, you know, it hurts not only the company's brand and image to a degree, but the people who have worked on it who kind of ruins the surprise because it ruins the surprise a bit for hardcore fans such as you, like you were saying just before. So mm. it's kind of just shitty for everyone. Um, yeah, because yeah. well, especially with that um, Sun and Moon, they told us everything about that game. And going into that game, there was no discovery. So it actually affected my enjoyment of the game. Like it, their marketing had a pretty serious consequence on my enjoyment of the product. Um, whereas with this, I think they learned their lesson. I think they heard loud and clear that a lot of people were like me and they, Pokemon's about discovery and telling people what's in it takes away the discovery and takes a lot away from what makes the series special. Mm. So, you know, we we didn't know the starters. We didn't know a lot of the Pokemon now, we knew Corviknight, but we didn't know it evolved from the like the bird on Route 1, for example. Um, but through the leaks, you know, we found that out and going into Route 1, we're like, oh, yeah, there's Corviknight's pre-evolution. And it's just like, there's a lot to love in that game. And I came out just like really glowing. And I still am glowing about the game. But yeah, I just uh, wish that leak never happened in the end. So yeah, there, there is a statement from the F Nintendo themselves. Right. And, and they, do, should I read it or? Basically, what they said are they what they have basically done is they've like you know, they fired the parts of ways with the individual who yeah. did the leaks here, which is I don't know how they couldn't because <laughs> I dare yeah. say they're like oh well we might repair the relationship with Nintendo in twenty years so we better start <laughs> start now <laughs> well and then it's just not someone that other companies would trust with information either or, or trust their outlet knowing that someone like that who has leaked. Absolutely. Pretty important things like that previously. Yeah, yeah, if they're trying to get codes from Atlas for <laughs> their games, like uh, mm-hmm. mm. or Ubisoft or Anyone. EA or yeah. whoever it may be. Because yeah. I guess at least with Kotaku, for example, like if they get blacklisted by Bethesda, it's like, oh well, you know, we'll cover EA, we'll cover Nintendo, we'll cover, and they can still find ways around it. Yeah. yeah, but like if you're if you're a Nintendo fan site and you get blacklisted by Nintendo, it's like, oh damn, <laughs> like it <laughs> that's a, ma- ooh. yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's like, oh, we'll just talk about uh, everything else that isn't a first-party Nintendo game. And uh, just uh, keeping on the Pokemon news, so this is just a quick one. A new Pokemon was teased. So the Pokemon company have teased a brand-new mythical Pokemon. It's just the uh, silhouette of it at the moment, and they uh, say, stay tuned, trainers. So there's no time yet. It looks like a like it looks like a pretty ferocious animal. Like compared to like like the mythical Pokemon, so like their Mew, Celebi, Jirachi, Shaman, they're like they're pretty cute little fluffy things, really. Whereas <laughs> this looks like it's going to like rip out your throat. Just looking <laughs> by the silhouette, it's got big claws, kind of like a standing up cat. Yeah, be interesting to see what it is and how they introduce it into the games. Whether it's through an event or they just give it to you through a wonder gift, which is. And unfortunately, how they've been doing it in the series lately, just like go to the Pokemon Center, say, hey, we've got a package. This super rare Pokemon no one's ever seen before. Here, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like back in the day, you would have gone to a secret island, would have captured it. You, know, you would have had that sense of expiration and discovery, which I was talking well, about before. Who, who knows, Drew? Maybe they'll do that. You know, the expansions are coming. Maybe it'll be a part of that. Like, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Excited about it. Excited. Oh, fuck, I'm thrilled about it, actually, Shames. <laughs> so... And uh, just another quick Pokemon thing. So uh, episode two of Twilight Ring 
Wings. Rings. <laughs> Think about Sonic the Hedgehog. I just can't get it out of my head. Uh, Pokemon Twilight Rings episode two has uh, aired on YouTube. Uh, go and watch it. It's only six and a half minutes. It's cute. Like yeah. it's 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 a cool little series. Episode two, uh, I liked a lot more than one. Watch had a quick watch just before we started the episode. Yeah, it's cute. It's cool. The animation's really nice, actually, yeah. and it's cool just to see Pokemon in a more natural kind of way. Just being yeah, yeah. living in the world and doing normal things, and yeah, yeah, it's a fun little watch. Yeah, and it features Bay, the fighting uh, gym leader. Which uh, Shamus didn't play because he played Pokemon Shield. No, I had the the Ghost Boy. With, Ghost Boy with, with with no face and I can't even remember his name. Um, Bob. 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 Bob the Ghost, Ghost Boy. Boy. Yes. And I can actually play the first bit of the episode, Shamus. <gasps> Just audio only, of course. In the wild area. Right. So I'll be away from the gym for a few days. Yeah. Yes, you will. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you can go watch that on the Pokemon YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. So that's all the news, Seamus. We got there in the end. We, we got there. All right. That was, that was a reasonable amount. That was a, that was, a lot, yeah. There's always a lot going on in the world of Nintendo. Yeah, and a couple of um, a couple of news stories came from a week or so ago. So it was a, it was a big week. Um, yeah, so as far as the Animal Crossing news goes, um, it might have already happened by the time you're listening to this and you probably turned it off because like, you're not talking about Animal Crossing, so you've already thrown the podcast in the bin. <laughs> But I should your be your phone, the computer, your car, whatever you're using to listen to it in the bin. Yeah, just the whole <laughs> the whole stereo, just rip it out. Um, yeah, but I will be doing a uh, bonus episode just talking about what happened in the Nintendo Direct. Hopefully, I'll get someone. If uh, if that someone is you and you like Animal Crossing, jump on the podcast. It won't be me because I know almost nothing about Animal. You Crossing. You know who Philbert is? I do. You know who Philbert is? Everyone yeah. knows who Philbert is. If you don't, what's wrong with you? Honestly, <laughs> Drew, he doesn't even have an amiibo. He can't be that interesting or important. Yeah, well, shit. <laughs> Maybe they'll make one mm. just for you. Yeah. So I guess with uh, with this new soundboard, uh, so for sort of the, I guess, topic of the show, um, we're going to be moving to a brand new room. And that room is going to be called Reggie's Rec Room. And in Reggie's Rec Room, we're going to be using his phone this week. Shame, shame if you're laughing. What's wrong with Reggie? He's got his own room. It's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So we're going to move into Reggie's rec room. It's going to be good fun. And we're going to use his phone to call an old friend. So let's jump into it. Oh, yeah. Hi, Nintendo fans. Oh, it's Reggie. Reggie here. (laughs) Thank you for your never-ending support, for giving me a mushroom kingdom full of incredible memories that I will never forget. Ever. All right. So we're in Reggie's rec room. It's pretty chilling here. (laughs) It's pretty chilling here, Seamus. It's fantastic. Can I please just say how great these themes are that you've done, Drew? They're, they're amazing. I love them so It's only much. the beginning, Seamus. Oh. Only the beginning. So it's really fun using these sound effects. It's great. We can leave the music there going yeah, for a bit. Yeah, please it. do. We'll turn it down a bit. Reggie, you got a great uh, taste of music. Um, oh, he can't talk to us anymore. He's only he's only got that those few words. He's a ghost now. He's gone. Mm. See, what I wish this soundboard could do is just have... Reggie inside it. Yeah, so Reggie inside it. Him. So he's like, he's like Siri. <laughs> like, hey, hey, Reggie, what's going on? My body is ready. Well, that's fantastic. It's always, it's got to be ready. I'm sure there's enough voice clips out there from Reggie that you could almost put the gear Siri like Reggie bot. Oh my god! And I'd be disappointed if you didn't make it happen, Drew. Now that we've talked about it. I mean, I don't have the uh, the, the knowledge to make that happen. But if someone out there wants to make a an operating system that is Reggie, that'll be fantastic. And that'll be a really good asset. I would use it. That'd be, yeah, I would yeah. too. 
I mean, I'd say I'll get I'll wipe Siri off of my phone and I'll put <laughs> Reggie on there, and he'd be like, "Where am I? Am I on my phone?" It's like, "Oh, I got no body. How can I be ready?" <laughs> so we're gonna. When I said uh, calling an old friend, I meant Bryce Dewitt. Bryce hasn't been on the show for a little bit. I can't find his number. There he is. So he hasn't been on the show for a little bit. So we've got to get him on. So we're going to give him a phone call, and we are sort of testing out the sort of uh, Bluetooth capabilities of this machine. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to doing like just like phone call segments on this show. So whether it's like, you know, when Bryce is back, we can like call Seamus, we can call our friends and we can talk. I'm, to not, th- I'm not a friend. Yeah. We can call Seamus or <laughs> our friends. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. We can call Seamus or our friends and it could be like friends who don't have a microphone or a podcast set up and we don't want to talk to them for an hour because we don't like them that much, but we can talk to them 15 minutes about whatever it is. I think it will be like a really uh, interesting sort of dynamic thing to add to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like with the whole um, new equipment that you have and the sound effects and everything, it makes it very much more like radio mm. and the phone calls is as well. You're almost just doing a radio podcast show, which is cool. I like it. Yeah. So let's hit, let's hit the call button on... Uh... Okay, he's got two numbers here. I won't ring his home phone. <laughs> I won't ring his home phone. So, okay. Let's turn her up. So let's see, let's see how this works. So this works. It's calling, calling Bryce. So in the meantime, Seamus, how's your life going? <laughs> you there, Bryce? Oh no, I can't hear him. This is awkward. Hmm. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's like counting down, but I can't hear him. You there, Bryce? Big old, big old Bryce. You there, Bryce? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was our... <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Bugger. That's a shame. <laughs> Who else can we call? <laughs> Is it is it all hooked up? It's all working with the the yeah yeah yeah. It says it's uh, the Bluetooth song. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, that's a shame. Well, that's how the first test went. <laughs> went pretty bad. <laughs> went pretty bad. But we've still got some nice music here. Still having a good time. Oh, hold on, hold on. We'll try again. So what I did, Seamus, is I actually turned up the wrong lever. <sighs> there's a lot. There's now for those who are listening, which is everyone. Uh, there is there is a lot of levers on yes. this new piece of equipment that Drew's got, so I don't blame him. Mm. Well, you should. Turn down the music again. <laughs> Reggie, turn down that goddamn music. Goodness sakes. Calling mobile. Mm. This is this is wonderful, isn't it, Seamus? Just, Just hanging out, calling friends. Yeah. Talking about Nintendo stuff. Now, in the future, I am hoping this is a bit more quick. Now, can we hear Bryce? No. <laughs> I've got a message from Bryce saying try again. This is a this is this is rather frustrating. Maybe I should just ring him on Messenger. Maybe that'll work better for me. Maybe. Messenger, uh yes. Hmm. Now Drew, while while you're getting that organized and set up, there was another game that I've been playing recently called Coffee Talk. Have you heard of it? Uh I have heard of it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've actually been looking forward to it for a while and it's, oh, oh, 
There we go. Now it's coming through. Okay, I'll tell you about Coffee Talk after. Okay, after please talk, do. After we talk to Bryce. If he if he picks up. If he picks up, you know. Big big bastard. Pick up pick up your phone, mate. He's he's. Oh. Hey, Bryce DeWitt, you're on the house tomorrow. How you going, mate? <laughs> good, mate. How are you? That's good. That's good. So, Bryce, we've... Uncle Drew. Uncle Drew? Oh, he's got it. Bryce, your phone's just black. I can't see anything. <laughs> Bryce, you're on a podcast, mate. Come on. No, you can't. Mate, I thought you would be uh, ringing earlier than this. I'm taking Joe to work. Oh, <laughs> oh, fair enough. Sorry about that. Well, well, Seamus and I got uh, caught up in conversation, so yeah. Are you able to talk at the moment, or should we ring back later? Okay. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, we we can we can we can podcast longer, I guess. <laughs> all right. All right, g- give me a ring when you're ready, all right, mate, and we'll uh, we'll we'll go we'll go from there. All right, we'll we'll, we'll go back we'll go back to Reggie's rec room. See you, mate. All right, bye. Bye. Well, fantastic. This is just wonderful content. <laughs> wonderful content. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so yeah, that's how our first little test went. Bryce has taken his missus to work, and uh, here some we are. great timing. Great timing on our part. Great timing on our part. Yeah. So, Coffee Talk, Seamus. What's Coffee Talk all about? Coffee Talk. Because so, I was interested in getting this. You you were or you still are? I still are. Oh, yeah, okay, good, good, <laughs> good, good. Just checking, just checking. So, um, uh, it's very similar to a game called, uh, if I'm going to say it correctly, Valhalla, the bartending game. Yeah, okay, yep. They came out a few years ago where it was like Cyberpunk World and you were a bartender and you worked in the cool bar and Cyberpunk future. Serving drinks and talking to the interesting clientele that came in. And it was a hit. It was a cult hit. It did really well. And we've seen some similar games come out since then. There's actually a sequel, I believe, coming out for that game. But Coffee Talk is very similar vein, but set in a more similar era to ours, like a very modern Mm. Seattle, America, but in a fantasy setting. So there's elves, there's um, orcs, there's vampires, and there's humans as well. Uh, just sort of living in a normal modern society. You know, there's just all these cool other races in there as well. But it's set in a coffee shop and you're the only coffee shop and you get all these interesting characters come in over time, over the course of a few weeks and you learn about their lives, you serve them coffees. Um, and it's a game I've been following for several months now. Uh, it's been it's been made by an Indone- uh, Indonesian developer out of Jakarta actually, which is I think it's really cool just to see more Asian developers um, start to become more prominent, making more interesting games and titles. I think I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. A- Asia is yeah. such a huge region, um, uh, and there's lots of great de- developers out there. And so it's great to see um, them getting just more coverage, like like Coffee Talk. And so I've been looking forward to it. Just seemed like a a chill game, a nice game with an interesting story, and I loved it. It was such a great game to chill out with. At the end of the day, after work, uh, really just lovely, wholesome characters that I enjoyed spending time with and learning more about. 
and serving and serving them coffee and tea as well. And it was great learning about that's the thing. I'm not a huge coffee person. I don't I don't really drink coffee. I'm more more into my teas. But it was cool learning actually how to make different coffees, although in a very rudimentary sort of way, but at least even just what the ingredients are and a few more unique coffees and teas from around the world, like from Indonesia or from Morocco. Um, and so I actually learned just a bit about drinks through through playing coffee talk. So that, that was that was a cool element. So yeah, I would I would highly recommend it. It's on Nintendo Switch, it's on PlayStation 4, it's on Xbox One, it's on PC, it's on it's on everything. So you have mm. no excuse. Uh it's reasonably priced. It's not super long either, which I think it finished at a good a, a good place where I wanted more, but I yeah, but I wasn't, you know, uh, overwhelmed or been going on <laughs> yeah. going on for too long. It was it was a good sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. you're satisfied enough with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's actually, from what I can tell, a lot of different story elements that can break away. So depending on choices you make, specifically in the cup, the drinks you make, because you don't have any real choices in the dialogue. You sort of just go through, um, and it automatically answers for you. Like you sort of have your own personality that the game has already decided for you, which is written fairly well, but it's more the choice in the drinks you serve. So you can mess up the drink orders, which can have an impact on the customers and the reactions and, uh, and even change the course of the story in some degree. So you can have slightly different story to what I had based on the drinks you served and how well you served them, which is, it's, it's cool. So, I'd love for you to play it, Drew, and, and hear uh, like what happens in your story. Yeah, because when I was, I was going through the eShop and I saw it when it was before it was on pre-order, I was like, oh, cool, that sounds like cool. And I uh, put it in my shopping cart or my wish list. Mm. And uh, being meaning to, uh, it's one of the games I'll get when uh, either of, you know, I'm looking for that type of experience or it's on sale or whatever have you. But yeah, it seems like it's a really nice, easy, sort of like chilled out sort of game mm. where you just... It's about the conversations and everything. And um, yeah, when, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's what I'm into. But yeah, it wasn't out yet. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been like there's so many indie games. I'm like, oh, that looks good. Put it in the wish list. Oh, and it's, like, it's, it's, it's just growing, 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 growing. It's ridiculous. And- yeah. As part of my job, like I see indie games maybe more than most people, most definitely. And the it is crazy how many innovative games are being created all the time now, pushing boundaries in regards to storytelling, in regards to art styles, in regards to design, and just unique experiences as as well. And there's just not enough time to play them all. There, no. just, there just isn't. Uh, but thankfully, most of them come to Switch, and that means you can play them in bed, where, which is where I play my Switch a vast majority of the time. <laughs> Yeah, I play it a lot in bed. I play it a lot on the couch while just watching TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've actually, like, with Pokemon, I have been playing it more in the dock. I just like seeing it on the dock because I've been... Because, you know, it's the first proper home console Pokemon Wanted it for a long time. Yeah. And we finally got it. Yeah. And I played it primarily on the handheld. I'd say 99% of the time. Yeah. I I really wanted them to, like, port, um, like, the older games to it and just play them on the TV too. That'd be cool, hmm. yeah. and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I was talking to someone about that recently about the potential of that, and I was kind of like, Nintendo would be crazy not to, because like people love that they would they will buy that. You buy that? I'll probably buy it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, here we are. We've got Bryce DeWitt. Good timing. Bryce DeWitt coming back to the House of Mario. Bryce DeWitt, you're on the House of Mario. How you going, mate? Oh, come on, audio. It's not on the roadcaster. Bloody hell. 
Bryce DeWitt, you're on the house. Of- oh, Jesus Christ, what are you up to over there? What am I up to? Jesus, how much? How turned up have you got me? I'm just getting the kids out of the car. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, good. So, how are the kids, Bryce? That's, that's the first question. How are the kids going? Uh, good, mate, except I have to wake them up to take her to work because mm. she hasn't got a license. So. <laughs> I've got to I've got to pack them up in the car and then bring them home and then put them back to bed. So. All right. So, yeah. That's so, what I'm doing. so you're doing that while so you're a man of many talents, Bryce. You can you carry your kids, you can podcast at the same time. It's very exciting. Drew, I'm multi-talented, aren't? That's why I'm in this business. Oh well, we know that, Bryce. We know that you're very multi-talented. I've I've seen you pick your nose and scratch your butt more than um more than a few times. That's for sure. It's pretty ama- It's a pretty magnificent side, isn't it? Really, it really is. Really is so. I yeah. guess uh, the the main point of giving you a call, Bryce, is you haven't been on the podcast for about two months or so. You know, no one's counting. You know, I'm not counting. <laughs> that's for sure. I'm not doing the show every week still. Um, but <laughs> uh, you know, ha- how are things going? Because we know Seamus Sh- is holding his nose here. Um, ha- <laughs> it's okay, Seamus. You can breathe. <laughs> I was scratching my. <laughs> no, he's trying to he's trying to uh, suffocate himself. He's 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 sick of uh, talking to me. Trying to look for a way out, <laughs> uh, but no. Oh, so, the mm. so Bryce, you know, <laughs> how have you been the last two, a few months? How have you been? You know, I guess just update the audience of uh, what's been going on. Okay, well, uh, I'll try to keep it brief so that uh, I sort of don't over detail it. You right, Evie? Yeah, she's good. Okay. Um, so the original plan was that I was only going to take about a month off just so I could get my. Uh, stuff together. I was going to go back to education. Um, I was supposed to start a new job at the start of this year, but it didn't work out, unfortunately. So I said, all right, well, I'll still take the month off, get myself sorted out with education, get myself back to the swing of things. But uh, we had a family death end of January, and that's kind of flipped my entire world around and changed a lot of things. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to meet, need more time to sort things out. So I'll uh, just have to delay it a little bit longer, but March will be the month that I come back. Bryce is back. Back again. March is back. March is back. March is back. Hello, friend. Yay. Yeah. But so yeah. Um, I'm also curious just from a, just a, you know, I'm just curious on how this sounds on your end. What do we sound like through the phone? Yeah, fine. Yeah. This would have to be like the most clear yeah. phone call you've ever had, I hope. <laughs> hope no one's talked to you on the phone uh, through like AT2035s like before. It, I mean, it isn't because you have to understand one thing about like uh, yeah, I know. cellular Should calls is yeah. that they're shit quality. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm just putting this under bed. Mm. All right. Can you put Evie you on the phone? Sick, you ready for some sick Wiggles music? Oh, uh, I guess, yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's great. All right, buddy. Good night. Come on, Evie. Um, I can put Evie on the phone. Do you want to talk to her? Um, yeah, I want to know. Hi. Hello, Evie. How are you going? Good. That's good. How's your Nintendo Switch going? You got one for Christmas? Yeah. What's your favorite game? Do you like it? Yeah. What's your favourite game on your Switch? <laughs> YouTube. There you go. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> is that is that just good what answer. she does? Yeah, that is a good answer. I mean, that's kids in a nutshell these days. <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> that's amazing. She plays a lot of Caribbean Astro Bear Party. Oh, though. Those are the two other things. Does she have Does she have her own profile? Because it'd be interesting to go to like uh, how many hours she's put into YouTube. Yeah, she's got her own profile. Uh, I'll uh, pick up a switch in a minute. And I'll let you know. No, please um, do. Please do. Good to know. This yeah, she wants to get uh, she wants to get the Lego Movie Two game thing, but uh, yeah, that can wait for uh, Easter or something, maybe. Yeah, it's only like forty bucks or something. The Lego Movie Two game or something. You want to hop into bed, hun? All right. You want to say good night to Drew? Good night. Say good night. Night, night, Evie. Say, night. say goodbye to the House of Mario audience as well. <laughs> Bye, Danny. <Jenny. laughs> there we go. Oh, that's so sweet. And on goes Kirby right back at you, and I am hands-free. Good night, sweetheart. Night. No, no. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So now I only have the dog to worry about. Oh, not the dog, surely. No, not the dog. Anyway, continue. Um, is there anything else you want to bring up to the, the people listening or anything, really, before we uh, let you go? Um, well, while I'm checking Evie's switch to see her YouTube hours, um, I guess I just want to thank uh, the audience for their patience. I know I'm like not high in demand to come back. Like, bring them back, otherwise the show's cancelled. But like, um, you know, this isn't this isn't the first time I've had to do something like this uh, and this year has been extra important it's been very um, very very taxing emotionally and it um, was really necessary for me to take the time and just relax and get through it so mm. thanks audience uh, very much for um, putting up with me I suppose and uh, I'll be back in March and play activity <laughs> this is the for important YouTube bit. is 250 hours or more. Holy crap. That's more than any and Apple Kirby game Star on Allies. my Switch. <laughs> and Kirby Star Allies, she's played for 10 or more. Mm. It, it, Which is the only, the only game that she's actually got that's physical. Yeah. It is, it is funny because <laughs> I, even if the Switch is the only device I've got, I actively try to avoid YouTube because I don't want YouTube displaying more than another game when people go to look at it. I don't know why. So, yeah. Like my my sort of like the aesthetic of it look, will look weird if like, oh, this guy's played a lot of YouTube, but he hasn't played much games. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I, I think the thing with me is, is that, um, well, with her, I'm kind of looking at the perspective as maybe I might get rid of it soon because like, YouTube is great and kids watch it all the time. Like, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, to some degree, there's some good stuff on YouTube. There's also some terrible stuff. And she spends a lot of time watching just random crap. And sometimes, you know, we're not keeping an eye on her and we know what some people are like uh, with YouTube. It's not always completely kid-friendly. So um, I'm thinking about getting rid of it for a while and seeing if I can just uh, get it to detract to the actual point of having one. A bit more. Yeah. Um, she could play a couple of the games that I've bought her and stuff like that and uh, really get into it. But, All right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. So that's my experience with it anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. All right, Bryce, thank you very much for your time. I know we caught you at a bad time for the first uh, call, but I guess I'll see you well, on look. I'll see you on Tuesday to watch the Sonic movie. Yeah, well, yeah, that and uh, just just one thing I'd like to know. You started this podcast at 10.15, right? No, no, we started like an hour and a half ago. We're just getting to the segment now <laughs> where we've decided to ring you. I was going to say, like, when you said you were going to call, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, an hour episode, by the time it gets around to it, it should be about 9.15, 9.30. I should be safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry about what that. What have you two been talking about? <laughs> Oh, there's been a lot of news going oh, on. Geez, yeah. A lot of news. We've been talking about Filbert from Animal Crossing. <laughs> Fuck, I love Filbert, Ross. Do you know you know who Where Filbert did he is? Go? This is a better question. Do you know who Filbert is, Bryce? I can't hear you. You can't hear me. You can't hear me. Well, that's all a right, good. Bye. Uh, yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs> all right. That was Bryce the Wood, everyone. What? <laughs> So, that, you know what, uh, the phone call segments can go a little smoother next time, I'd say, <laughs> but we'll, we'll iron that out. That was, uh, that was very much a, a test run. So, yeah. What did you, you think of the phone segment, Bryce? Not Bryce, Seamus. <laughs> I'm talking to you now. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, well, I guess that's the, the chance you take of calling people randomly, <laughs> mm. <laughs> what they could possibly be doing, but, you know, I'm sure you'll probably pre-organize it with people a little bit beforehand to just give them uh, a heads up just in case they're not on the shiver or, you know, yeah. <laughs> at a movie. <laughs> at a movie, they're just like whispering under the seat or something. I love Drew. I love Philbert too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. but no, I think it's I think it's a cool feature, yeah. And I look forward to you smoothing it out more in, in, future, in future. I'm glad I was here for the test run. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll, um, I'll ring you next time. All right. I'll, I look forward to it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I'll, like, what do you want to talk about? I don't know, Seamus. What's going on since last week? <laughs> you played Animal Crossing yet? You invited Philbert to your village? Mm, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not like, I, I didn't say this before, but I've never played Animal Crossing myself. Um, and I was saying to you before the show, I probably won't be picking it up. I'll probably be picking up Dune Eternal <laughs> <laughs> the same day it comes out. And my girlfriend, uh, she'll be picking up Animal Crossing. So. That's the thing. Hearing you talk about it, it does sound cute. It does sound nice. So, like... It'll be a really good game for you to play with Olivia. It would be. It would and, like, be. with you and lots of other friends because, like, this is probably the first Animal Crossing, in, like, that's going to have this real staying power and this many people playing it. So, like, there's mm. a good chance I'll probably end up getting it. Because the other thing with this game, too, is that, like, on one Switch, you can have uh, up to f- uh, five villages on the one island. So you and Olivia, you know, if you play on the uh, you know, same Switch, you can uh, share an island together. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, isn't it like you can have five people locally and then like 10 people online? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Got to watch the direct in a day or so yeah. to find out. That's a, that's a lot of people in one village. That's a lot of chaos. Yeah. Everyone just stealing your shit and <laughs> stealing all your butterflies. Just shaking all your coconut trees. Like, no, right. don't take my coconut trees. I've got to just sell them. Just, just kidnapping Filbert. You know, it's just, it sounds like an interesting time. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything else to talk about, Seamus, or have we uh, covered most of the things uh, to wrap up? I, f- I think we've covered we've covered a fair bit tonight in regards to news. Uh, what I've been up to since I was on 100 episodes ago, which is still crazy to think about. Mm. Um, what you've been playing, uh, testing out your new equipment. But you you might be doing a fun trip 
in the next couple of days, Drew. I know you've got Sonic movie coming up next week. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah and, and that's and that's yeah. and that's exciting as well. But you've got a bit of a cool trip. You might be doing this this weekend to Melbourne. Yeah. So this was the plan. I'm not 100 percent sure yet, just because I've I've got to uh, get like our rooms painted before the carpet gets in, and that's you know it's going to be a bit of work. So I don't know whether I should be going away, but I he would. Should. He should. I should. Um, I would love to. Well, I could be going to Melbourne <laughs> for the Pokemon uh, Oceana uh, World Championships in uh, Melbourne and uh, checking that out and maybe talking to some people and all that fun stuff and just checking it out because, you know, obviously a big Pokemon fan, so I want to get amongst all the events in the communities that I can. And Melbourne isn't too far away. You know, it's a five-and-a-half-hour drive. It's not awful. It's, it's not, not too far, but, it's, yeah, and it's just a cool event. Like, you would be competing, but you just, you know, cream yeah. everyone there. So you're just you're being kind <laughs> to them. And oh, just, yeah, of course. Just going to watch, yeah, and enjoy it. Yeah, I did want to compete, but I, did, I didn't get a team together, so that's on me. It's, I'll just it, go and watch. It takes a lot of time and effort, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't really been playing much the last, you know, month or so, so... Yeah, I've just been collecting things and putting them into home, pretty much. Well, I'm hoping you'll be able to make the time to go for it so I can hear about that, Drew, because it sounds like <laughs> a really interesting event. Um, but I look forward to hearing about your impressions from the Nintendo Direct in a couple of days regardless, and especially your impressions of the Sonic movie um, and whether, you know, I want you to review it for me, Drew. Just for you. Just for me. I won't even upload it. I'll just send it to you. Just send it to me. <laughs> I'll just upload an episode just for you. So to know whether I should I should go see it other uh, rather than other Academy uh, <laughs> Oscar nominated <laughs> movies that are currently out in cinema. Don't waste your time with them. Don't waste your time with them. Well, well, well you see, you know, check out some of first and let me know. You know, I will. Yeah, I'll be the the dummy just for you. Thank I'll you. sacrifice my own time and money. And uh, popcorn, Maltesers, and Coke allowance just for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 132. Uh, if you'd like to help out the show, please subscribe on your podcast service of choice and set the show to auto-download so you never miss an episode. And if you want to help us in the magical algorithms, rhythms, I don't know what happened there. Holy crap. The algorithms. That uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, and all that sort of put together. Leave us a review. Uh, it helps us out. And uh, reading those reviews really makes my day. Um, there, yeah. was, there was a random one that popped up, popped up the other day, and I was like, oh, that's really nice. There was another fellow Australian, and it was cool. Yeah, you should, like, regardless of their algorithms, if you enjoy the show, you should just rate it. Like, yeah. it's. It helps, but yeah, it's just nice for Drew to see, and yeah, <laughs> and it and it like it's the type of thing too. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I I'm not on Apple iTunes and all the time, so I'm not writing a lot of reviews. But it definitely uh, means a lot to me if you do find the time to do that. Um, and uh, another way you can help us sort of grow is suggest this to your fellow Nintendo nerd friends, whether it's in person or social media. Uh, word of mouth is a great way to sort of share our podcast around and whether people are interested in a sort of down-to-earth Nintendo podcast, we've got the show for you. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe someone else has another down-to-earth Nintendo podcast. I doubt it. Come on. Like, seriously. <laughs> no one does Nintendo podcasts. No one. No one. No. It hasn't been done before. And we also have a Patreon over at patreon.com where you can get other little goodies in that for supporting us financially and uh, helping us uh, buy things like this roadcaster and microphones. This and, awesome equipment, yeah. Yeah, help, help us uh, yeah. set up and make the quality of the, the shows we do better. And you've also got a cool Discord community for the podcast as well, Drew. Absolutely. 
So there's an invite in the show notes below uh, for the House of Mario Discord community. We've got uh, people in there uh, talking each day. It's, it's, a, it's a small community, but it's really tight-knit, and I've really come to uh, love everyone in there, whether it's Meta, Luke, Jamie. I won't go any further because I forget people. Bryce but, yeah. as well. I, you know, yeah. Don't see Bryce in there a whole lot. He hasn't been in there recently. Slack. Slack, not good enough. Yeah. Anyway, Shams, any uh, plugs or Twitter handles or anything you want to shout um, out there? You can, you can follow me on Twitter at Seamus Mullins, S-E-A-M-U-S-M-U-L-L-I-N-S. Um, Twitter's like I've sort of backed off a little bit from the last social media to a degree, or at least posting just because I've been busy and just haven't honestly had the energy for it. But I'm on Twitter still a fair bit. That's like where I tweet about cool indie games and and what I'm up to work-wise and, yeah, just retweeting cool game industry stuff I see. So, yeah, hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. And you can find me at iDruby and the show at the House of Mario. And uh, this week's Nintendo jukebox is by Tiny Waves in its uh, it's uh, uh, Goddess Zelda's Lullaby remix. It, remix. It's really good. It's awesome. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. And until next week, the doors to the House of Mario are closed. Catch you later. Bye.